Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. It wasn't really a test. Believe me, it was not a test to start the, uh, the hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, Sitting Down. Although, in a sense, that might be just a small way we might look at our lives. Yes, it's easy to poke fun of us at times, uh, and, and especially as Lutherans, that we, we may not always demonstrate the emotion or the passion that, that some might. But to think about how it is if we, in fact, do stand up for Jesus. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, of course. Today, we're going to be talking with an expert on that crossroads of, of making a declaration about who Jesus is. And that expert is someone that, that we know, I think, relatively well from the Scriptures. But that is the Apostle, the disciple, Peter. He was very much known for what he would declare. And some of those things he would be very proud of. But there are others that he would not. So with that being said, let's, um, let's welcome our, our, our guest, the, uh, the Apostle Peter, if um, he would uh, join us today. All right. Good to see you, Peter. Hello. Um, looking, looking very much like I would have imagined, I think, but uh, <laughs> good to see you. It is so great that, that you're here with us today, and uh, it's just wonderful to have you. Yeah, thank you for having me to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am his servant and follower. <sighs> but I think I know why you have me here, and I got to say, I'm, I'm not real pleased. Oh, well, uh, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, but uh, I thought this would be a good occasion for you to share good news. Well, sure, of course, but I, I have a strange feeling that you want to talk about a time when I didn't make a very good choice, a, a time when I failed. I see your sign up there. It says denial. Don't you think I've suffered enough for this? Why do you want to dredge all that up again? I'll tell you what, please join us up here, join me up here and have a seat. And, and I have to say, I, I apologize if, if this seems like a, a bait and switch thing. Uh, I'm sure when my people talk with your people to set all this up that, that you know, they may not have covered all that. But you're, you're right. But see, I think the thing is, we're just so puzzled by it because you seem to be the one. Of all the disciples, you seem to be the one that understood what Jesus was up to. You seem to get it, and um, you know you seem to understand what he was doing as the Messiah. Well, I, I got to be honest. I thought I understood. Jesus even complimented me on my bold witness to who he was as the Messiah. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. I proclaimed. He called me blessed for saying that. I, oh, I was filled with God's word. None of the others made such a bold confession. And, and I think we remember that well. And, um, but, you know, you were, you were even warned, though, specifically about, about denying him three times. Okay, okay, okay. I'll talk about it. Oh, 
you know, if, if I could go back now and face that crossroad again, I know exactly what I would do. You see, I thought I knew what Jesus was doing. In spite of the times he told us of, that he was all going to suffer and die, I still thought he would be what we all hoped for. After all, he paraded into the city of Jerusalem in a way that said he was the coming king. I thought we were on the way to having God's Messiah as the king and ruler we needed. I didn't really know what all that talk of suffering was all about. And do you think that's the reason why you weren't able to speak up for him in the priest courtyard? Well, you got to understand, at that point, everything was going wrong. He wasn't supposed to be arrested. I even tried to fight for him. He wasn't supposed to be on trial. Where was his power? Where were all of his miracles? Where was his ability to just turn and walk away when everyone threatened him? At that point, I knew this was serious business, and there was going to be big trouble. When they accused me... I thought I saw Jesus failing, and I failed. Sounds like, I mean, I, it, it just sounds like you must have been so afraid. Afraid? Yeah, I guess so. But I was confused. I was baffled, disappointed. I was in complete despair. Now, don't get me wrong, that's no excuse, but it's just kind of the way it happened. But you said at one point earlier that evening that, that you were even willing to die for him. Was that something that, that you meant? Honestly, I think that was just my quick mouth. Another time when I spoke without really truly thinking. I think I just said that to impress Jesus and the others. It was important for me to know that Jesus respected me and that he was happy about all the things I had done for him. I just really needed him to appreciate me. So when he said the warning that he did, did, did you even hear that at the time? Well, you, Jesus said a lot of things I really didn't understand at the time. I guess I just wasn't hearing what he was truly saying. It, it was easy for me, and I'm sure for you too, to to see myself as strong in the faith, able to speak the right words, able to be the one to stand up for Jesus and to be witness. But when I was in that situation, I could not choose the path I knew I had to choose. I knew the words that I had to say, but I just couldn't say them. It was a dark time in my spirit at that time, and I, I couldn't see I, I just couldn't speak. I, uh, I do, I think we all do appreciate your, your, uh, your talking about this. It, it just sounds like you must have been going through just an absolutely terrible time. Oh, more terrible than you could ever know. I mean, I know that we all find ourselves at places where we know we should speak the good word. I know what it's like for you. You find yourselves among those who dirty their minds and mouths with words that hurt or shame people. I know you find yourselves among those who 
misuse God's name and act as though his commands don't exist. I know you struggle in your minds with what to say and do in those situations. And then, then the questions come. Will my words of faith help? Will they even be effective? Won't they set me apart from everyone else? Make me look foolish or even ruin my friendships and relationships? Isn't it better to just keep quiet and go along with the flow? I know, I know. You may not face a time where your words or actions could cause you death, but certainly there are times when we all find ourselves at a crossroads. And that calls on us to boldly speak Jesus' name and goodwill. And we fail. I, uh, I have to say, even though we are separated by literally a couple thousand years, you seem to know exactly what we think at times or what we've experienced. It's, it's as if it's simply a universal part of, of being human that when it comes to, to speak when we're supposed to speak and, and speak what we're supposed to speak, that, that we often fail. I guess the best part of this whole story is that I didn't finish my discipleship in tears of failure. Jesus came and found me that day on the beach after he had risen. He loved me enough to call me back after I had turned my back on him. Do you love me? Of course, he had to ask me three times. And he still sent me to feed his lambs and sheep. And here's the best part. He calls you back too. He doesn't leave us in our failure. He doesn't turn away. He is there each day with the forgiveness that we need to go one more day, to face one more test, to fight one more fight, and stand at one more crossroad. And by his power, the power of the Holy Spirit, to be what he wants us to be and what we want to be. You know, just something that you said right there reminded me of something that St. Paul, well, I guess one of your contemporaries wrote in, in Romans chapter 1 where, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And, and that's, really what, that's really what our affirmation needs to be, that, that we have that power to proclaim to stand up and to declare who Jesus really is. Certainly. Most certainly so. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter chapter 1, verse 9. Touche. Seek his power to walk in the light. All right, you got me there. I should have quoted your stuff rather than Paul's, but I, uh, I certainly do appreciate, Peter, that uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that more than ever, you've given us the hope that comes from Jesus, the recognition, your willingness to talk about such a, uh, uh, such a, a forgettable and, and low time in your life, but 
yet we can, we can relate. And yet it didn't end there. It rather ended with the hope that comes because of Jesus. So, again, we just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank and, you for uh, having me. I love Appreciate the, it. I love the flannel, man. I love it. <laughs> thank you. So, <laughs> thanks. Oh, shoot. One more question I should have asked him. And you know, I think it was only from Matthew's gospel that we just heard. I think Matthew's the only one who references it. But I was going to ask him what it was like when he was there in the courtyard. And we're told, you know, when the rooster crowed, Jesus' warning came back to him. But did you notice one other thing that happened when he was in the courtyard? It said... As the rooster crowed and he remembered Jesus' words, it says the Lord turned and looked at him. Did did you catch that? It must have been a, a physical setup where when he was in the courtyard warming himself there, that Jesus may have been being taken from, from the high priest's house to somewhere else or moved on the property, and he was within visual range, and it says that Jesus looked over at Peter. I can't even imagine. In addition to the rooster crowing and remembering that, but seeing Jesus' eyes right at you. I wonder if in any way we've ever felt that same look of Jesus. We know what we were supposed to do. We know how we were supposed to act. We know how we have been raised. We've made promises, whether it was at our confirmation or or at our wedding or whatever it may be. We've, We've been made those promises. We know And then we failed. And then the look. Now mind you, I don't think Jesus looked at Peter any more than he would look at us with, not with utter contempt or condemnation, but rather a knowing look. A look that at the one time brings guilt and conviction to us, but at the same time had some compassion, some understanding, and also some hope. As if to say, I know. And that's why I'm going to the cross. That's why I'm going to suffer and die. And that's why I'm going to rise again for you so that you can have hope. In Jesus' name, amen.